When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oi, oi, I'm Jimmy Bullard and this is me old Mac of Fenners. We're back together, son. How are you? Hi, Bully. Great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So... We haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Daniel. Blue 22, Blue 22, set hut. To be more like Daniel, go to patreon.com, search for The Joe Marler Show and become an official sponsor today. Joe Marler is a big-hearted man, and he's got a podcast plan. It's the Joe Marler Show. It's the Joe Marler Show. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I can't stop looking at it. Joe, you need to describe what we're looking at here on our app. I can see producer Lou, I'm I can see looking- you, and I can see Razzy Cole wearing something spectacular. Razzy Cole has joined us and he has got, it must be, it must be like a, I didn't know they could do it in hats, but it must be like a 4XL hat because I've never seen, in fact, the last time I saw you in a hat, Coley, was Denver 2015. Me, you, and Younger all went looking, all went shopping in that American football shop, like proper uh, travellers. No, not travellers. Don't go down that route again. No, we weren't travellers. What were we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are they called that go to other countries? Um, tourists. Like proper tourists, that's what I meant. <laughs> and we went to that uh, American football Denver Broncos shop, and I love a hat, mainly to hide my receding hairline in fact it's not a receding hairline anymore it's like a the thinnest thatch you'll ever come across now but i'm clinging on for dear life and it was the first time i'd actually seen a hat fit your it, head i've still got those hats <laughs> i mean it was the size of one it was the size of one of those mixing bowls that you that you see in people's kitchens but it was just a flat cap when it's just a cap but yeah it was I found two that actually fit my head because normally they sit like there were embarrassing ones. Like when you play for England, you know, you get your cap for England and stuff, and everyone puts them on. And mine just, honest to God, mine just literally uh, sat. Yeah. like <laughs> the velvet it was like ones. a prayer cap, and you're like, I look ridiculous. I wear it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I do remember actually. I was, a, I think, I had to do a BBC article with uh, you, Tom. Oh, like, yeah. I'll take a photo oh, with it. I'm like, no, I'll just hold it here, thanks. Like, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll hold it in front. Like, put it on your head. No, like it's so yeah. But no, I, I finally I found like two hats in my life that well three now that perfectly fit my head. So I, I wear them. Yeah, sorry, we didn't actually do, do a very good description job of it. It's a lovely. What would we call it? Purple. It's stretched that far. It's the Omar show, but um, <laughs> except <there it> uh, <laughs> the hats that we refer to, Joe are now, excitingly, available to all listeners of the Joe Marler Show. Yeah, but what, just the listeners? Or can people that don't listen to the show also purchase the hats, Tom? It's a very good point, Joe. I think anyone who were to visit joemarler.co.uk forward slash shop 
will be able to get not only one of these delightful bubble hats, but also some of the signed prints that you have been signing. These prints are, how would you describe them, apart from beautiful? Signed? Uh, what's what's the image in the print? Ah, yes, you want a little bit more. There's two There's two prints here. We've got one print which is more rugby specific of me actually catching a ball, which is rare. And then also running with high knee lift, which is also untrue. So it's actually a fake picture <laughs> of me in a Harlequins rugby kit um, with my chateau. Dan's actually Dan Taylor, the artist, has made my hair thicker than it is, which is wonderful. And he's very cleverly... I don't know whether it's he's on my smile, whether he's put my teeth as an England flag or just made it more apparent that my teeth are just falling out and I've got really bad teeth with loads of gaps. <laughs> um, so there's there's print one and print two is also done by Dan Taylor. He's an unbelievable artist who's been helping us out for the last, well, since the show started, to be fair. And he's done like a an amalgamation, a collection a what's another word for stuff like that you're the word guy i'm so blown away by you saying amalgamation you haven't even said it <laughs> it's amalgamation amalgamation it's the references there joe from many of the shows that we've done over the past year and a bit characters jokes items facts all rendered in cartoon form it's just great it's still uh Slightly, is surreal the word? No, maybe it's not. It's still a little bit embarrassing for me. No, it's surreal. Yeah, it's weird that this guy's actually managed to do some really cool prints of our show, which is lovely. So if you fancy buying one, go and fucking buy them or or don't. It's Honestly, it doesn't make a single jot of difference to us. Everything's a choice, Joe. There is always a choice, you motherfucker. Stop using my, stop using my saying. What are, the, what are your three? Everything's a choice. Nothing's neutral. What's the other one? No, nothing's neutral is not mine. That's Steve's. It is. No, you said that was one of the three you live by. No. Uh, oh, you've changed. If in doubt, eat it. Is that one no, of them? No. No. Uh, fuck, what are they? There's always a choice. Yeah, I think I've reduced it to just one now. <laughs> because of my experiences and, you know, everything you go through and peace and love, man, I've I've made my life simpler. And it's just, there's always a choice now. Is that fair? It is fair. And if someone made the choice to buy something, the address once again, Joe, would be joemarla.co.uk forward slash shop. Right. Anyway, can we, uh, can we just like, Dan, aka Rezzy, how are you? Very well, thank you. How, how are you? How's um, your situation? My situation? Yeah. The COVID Jovid. How's the Jovid Marla. How are um, you? Oh, that's nice. Yeah, thank you. Very good. Have you experienced the COVID yourself? No, I haven't, no. Oh, fucking hell. How have you escaped it? Because I live in isolation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As most polar bears do. Correct. Um, By the way, Joe, we've, we've gone a long way since, since Razzie's question about how your Jovid is. Because your Instagram has been full of you eating increasingly unpleasant foodstuffs with no obvious ill effects. Certainly the top end. So you've done an onion, you've done a chilli. Um, any issues as those made their way through the Joe's system? It's not pleasant. I don't want to go too much details. But is it ever? It's not pleasant. You've also got... <laughs> is the onion's ever? got nothing to do with it, neither has the chilli. <laughs> yeah. Out of everyone on here... Out of everyone on here, Dan, you are the most well-versed in my comings and goings. So you're the only one that can say if it's any... Sometimes it's all right, isn't it? Sometimes it's quite pleasant. Pleasant's the wrong word. Tolerable. What sort of time span, if you two are rooming together, what sort of time span, when Joe's going in to perform his morning ablutions, Dan, what sort of time span would you be looking at? A, for him to leave the bathroom, and B, before you would consider it safe for you to go into the bathroom? Well, he normally goes in about 5 a.m. And it's probably for about 20 minutes. Um, and then I leave it for probably an hour. Um, an hour? Yeah. But New Zealand, I remember New Zealand, we'll go back to that. It was minutes he was in there for, if that. <laughs> After your Mega Mac. Ah, oh, the Mega Mac did me, didn't it? 
Um, anyway, you got th- you got to throw in a, a jar of half a jar of uh, gherkin juice, just the juice as well that I di- that I didn't film. I just drank it. I went, oh, I wonder if this tastes nice. And I got it out the cupboard, and I went like that, and I went nothing. You got gherkin juice more, nothing. in your and cupboard. She went, well, yeah, it's got gherkins in it as well. Oh, right, okay. You know, like pickled gherkins. Yeah. I thought you might have, like, you know, you get pickle juice to, for anti-cramp purposes. I thought you might be like... Do you? Yeah. Do you not see people, like, have shots What do you of, mean you get pickled... Have you not seen it? People have, like, apparently it's supposed to stop cramp, so, like, they have um, pickle juice and stuff like that in shots for people to take when they cramp. Oh. And you sometimes see, Is like, that, like, legit? Does that legit? work? Apparently so. And there's, like, they've built on that, like, you see them in the NFL and stuff, they go with cramp and they give them, like, a shot of something and they're all like... Bleh. That's that, but you'd be fine. Trouble is, I don't think I actually ever work hard enough to cause cramp in my body. <laughs> so that I, I'm actually fine with that. But she, Daisy was livid. She went, you fucking idiot. And I went, what? She went, you've just drunk it out of the jar. I can't eat the gherkins anymore. And I went, yeah, that's fair. That's a fair comment. So I stopped eating stuff out the cupboard to practice my thing. But I think tomorrow, because it's still really bad. Like, it's not even come back. See, that's a, that's a cup of piss, <laughs> and I can't taste a single thing of it. <laughs> so warm as well. Joe, just for future reference, um, the, the, uh, in fact, just to warn you, the comment I'm about to make, is it will make you hate me. When you said pickled gherkin, it's unnecessary to say pickled, because a gherkin, by definition, is a pickled cucumber. Fuck yeah. off. Let's move on. No way. <laughs> Fair play. That's a... No way. You don't see gherkins growing on the ground, do you? You don't go and buy a gherkin in the shop. Yeah, I do. They're in a jar. Yeah, once they've been pickled. <laughs> Hang on a minute. So there's there's no such thing as a gherkin? Well, there is, but it's a pickled cucumber. So why is it called a gherkin? I don't know. Is it shorter than pickled cucumber? I can't believe that. That's absolutely blown my mind. Uh, right, that's enough gherkin chat for now. Before we talk rugby, a little bit of bad news. Uh, a few weeks ago, we were talking about the fact that South Africa's director of rugby, Razzie Erasmus, followed just two people in the entire world on Twitter, Yako Johan, which may or may not be him, and Yujo Mala. Uh, we discussed this on the show. Bad news. Razzie has unfollowed you. <laughs> this is heartbreaking. That's a burn. This is absolute. Fucking bollocks. I'm meant to be, like, building rapports with people, and this show just ter- tears them down. <laughs> fucking breaks my heart. It was it was Half Pint, actually, I noticed this. Half Pint messaged on on Twitter saying, uh-oh, Razzie's left you. I was like, fuck! And then I went, oh, he must listen to the show. You know, he's a famous listener to the show. And then it dawned on me that's not true either. Because it's this World 12s tournament that used it. We used like a little fit, a clip from the show of me and actual Razzie, not Razzie Cole. Razzie teaming up for the World 12s tournament that has been poo-pooed, but is still somehow going. Talking about that World 12s tournament, Dan, have, would you be keen on that? Um, yeah, marquee player. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and the sort of attributes you'd be bringing? Um, I'd be like when the games when your team's further from in front and they need to slow the game down <laughs> I'd be like the closer in uh, baseball bring me on I'd just take the like oh take the knee every time there's like a break in play I'll slow it down see the game out that's a high value position for anyone listening I think these are the sort of things that, that all the marketing guys behind the World 12s are looking for. That's the sort of revolutionary approach to rugby union that they know is going to bring in more fans, different fans, people who've never watched the game before. And so that's that's why I think this... Which is why I'm cornering that part of the market. That's why I think they're also so keen to for me and Razzie Erasmus to get together as a coaching team. But seeing as I can't do Razzie Erasmus, maybe, maybe we should actually form Darren Fatland and Razzie Cole's World 12s team, Dan. To be fair, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to knock the twelves, but sounds like you're going like to knock Razzie it. Erasmus, who was the other bloke that's involved? Okay, yeah, I am. Uh, who were the other guys that were basically touted as the coaches? There was him, Steve Hansen, um, the former Springbok coach. Yeah, but like Razzie Erasmus, I've seen the Springboks play. <laughs> not the most 
exciting team in the They've world. They've been playing 12-man rugby as for a long with, time. With um, Jake, Jake White as well. He was involved. I was like, right, you're going to sell the game are you by playing this rip-roaring gear. <laughs> oh, kick and chase. Right, brilliant. Not a fan then. Yeah, I've said it. Yeah, it's clearly I'm going to have to look for a note. I'm not a fan if they don't involve me. If they involve me, oh, I'm all over it. <laughs> but the likelihood of that is zero. I was just so about therefore... to fucking involve you. We're, we're coaching this team and oh, it's right. going to be called the Bricks. Right, edit that out. Um, as in the Bricks, because yeah. they've got to be a team full of experts, team, a team full of experts in shithousery. Okay. Now, Dan, I've, I've made the team without you. Um, because we've only just formed our coaching partnership at the minute, but any changes you want to make, yeah. just jump in. So these are these are shit housery experts. Okay, it's not really done on their rugby plan ability, although a lot of them are really good rugby players. But I think they're really good shit houses. Okay, Genji number one, yeah. Dane Coles number two. Sink, number three. <laughs> Ebenezerbeth, number four. And Brian Retallick at number five. <laughs> nice. Uh, number eight, Dwayne Vermeulen. Number nine, one of the chief shithouses in the world, Faf de Klerk. <sighs> Ten, well, actually, this isn't one. Ten, I couldn't think of any shithouse twer- uh, tens. Currently playing, so I just went with Marcus Smith because you need a bit of stardust, don't you? You know, and he'll just. You know how he feels about being selected for the shit houses. We ain't got a fucking 12. choice. I'm paying him the the grade A. Oh god, no! I'm not paying him in drugs. I'm paying him like the top dollar bandwidth of the money that's allowed in that tournament. Uh, Eleven semi Radradra because he's a shit house. Like, makes out he's this wonderful rugby player. He's a shithouse. Like, he hits people late. He holds onto my ankle on the floor. He says nasty things to me. He's mean. 12. Andre Esterhazen. Just look at him. Uh, <laughs> 13. Oh, fuck. I've really messed this one up. Maybe I've just gone with size. I've put Manu at 13. And he's like the nicest guy. There's not a single bit of shithousery about him. And at number 15, I'm probably going to be my captain of the shithouse experts. Israel Falau. <laughs> nice. Um, I was just thinking maybe your, like, your mate Mike Brown might have made it. That's into a valid point. But um, mainly for on-field. It's a very good point, but Izzy Falau um, makes the team. Hello, I'm Katie Puckrick. Haven't I seen you on Wikipedia? Because I'm there every day. I've got a new podcast called Dot Com, the documentary series about the people of the internet. And it starts with that one site we all use, Wikipedia. Yeah, sure, it's just a little website. Who are these people? But it's not. The faces behind the screen, the brains behind the words. If you'd said to me, it will all be free. This is a hidden world. A place where people can come together and talk about the things that are important to them. And it's fascinating. We've just found a way in the Wiki universe to do that. I mean, how could Wikipedia not be corrupt at this point? Search for .com and subscribe now. How? Shrink the Box is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favorite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namon Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behavior creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Box is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast. Right, Joe, it is time to thank our lovely Patreons, the official sponsors of The Joe Marler Show. Beginning with Ian, Wendy, Miller, Matt, Serena and Venus Williams. He sounds like a college at Oxford or Cambridge. It's Tristan Hall. Marcus, aha! Partridge. 
From the north to the south to the east to the west, it's Dave Southworth. Daniel Vanderbeers Baker. He rhymes with Alistair Boundy, it's Ollie Soundy. To be more like Ian, Matt, Tristan, Marcus, Dave, Daniel and Ollie, go to patreon.com, search for Joe Marler Show and grow the show. I think this is the point where we need to move on from our imaginary World 12s team and talk about the games that took place this weekend. Dan, you uh, were at Twickenham. I saw a picture of you on social media with Chris Robshaw. Just briefly before we talk about the actual rugby, is Chris Robshaw the poshest man in the history of the world? Yes. He's, he's up there. England Pla. England Pla. England Pla. England Pla. England Pla. What's that story? Come on. That, only, that originates from a, a Quinns away game. We played Bayonne away, I think, and then ended up getting, or Beeritz away or someone. Anyway, he was giving it the beer. He was like, he was shit-faced. He was completely ball-banged. You were training in like, a club, weren't you, or something like that? Yeah, we were trying to get into it. He was like, don't worry, guys. He'd, he'd spoken to, I think it was Magnus Lund or something. He was, play, he was playing out in Beeritz at the time. And I was like, guys, guys, don't worry. I'll sort us out. I'll sort us out. So we end up standing outside this club and it's rammed and there's a group of us and he's just like swaying and trying to persuade these French bouncers to let us in. And he's like, oh, come on, come on, bloody hell, bloody hell. <laughs> uh, look, okay. England player, England player, England player, uh, uh, Wales player, uh, academy player, academy player, academy player, uh, England player, England captain. <laughs> Like it was, it was, it was, I might have spiced a little bit, but he definitely said England player, England player, England player. And that stuck. I can't remember the last time you didn't call him England player since knowing him, Dan. Hello, yeah. It just makes me, <laughs> it's Chris Robshaw, England player, isn't he? That's just in my mind. That's how it is. It's he's kind England of player. Half time. He's England player. Yeah. It's, a, it's an England player. How was it? How was it, Coley, at the game? It was good. So I just did uh, some corporate work beforehand. I saw a lot of the old retired guys on the gravy train. You know, the guys that we used to hate like 10 years ago. Yeah. One of them now. Um, now you've become one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, and then so, yeah, no, I had a good time. So it was good. Uh, I think people were excited to watching them play. A bit of apprehension. It always is there in the Autumn International, isn't there? Sort of like, because I think because you never, you only play Australia once a year and you never really play oh, they've got some European based players you never really play them you know when you play Scotland you obviously play Glasgow Edinburgh in Europe or Wales you know there's guys in the Premiership whereas you play Australia like and it's the one game they're targeting is playing England at Twickenham to be, to win um, and it's a bit of apprehension around the place and I think that was sort of probably felt yesterday especially going into the game um, but no it was, I say I, I enjoyed myself I got to see some I say Chris Robson people like that I haven't seen in a while and um I think the fans were excited to be. Who 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 else was who else was those old guys um, on the gravy train that you said you saw? Not just England player. Who else? Come on, just drop some names. One of them's been on this podcast. Fucking hell, that's not many. Um, ben Youngs. He was playing. James Haskell. Um, um, he was there, obviously. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> yeah. Oh. God. He was wearing like a t-shirt and a, like a cap. He was he was going down your route, I think, of doing yeah. stuff. Like he was trying to be cool, like you know. Of course mm. he was. Uh, him, Steve but, Thompson was there. What do you mean, my route? Your route. Well, I, I first time I turned up to this corporate gig several years ago, I wore like a um, suit and a tie because I thought that's what he did. But it turns out it's a bit more relaxed than that. The next time I went, I just wore like um, a blazer and trousers and stuff. You turned up in a leopard print shirt, shorts, and cat boots. I think. And a hat, so it was like, all right, they were, yeah, real casual. They were Dot Martins, Dot your helmet. Yeah, all right. Um, so I realised that you were ultra casual, and everyone's like, oh, that's cool. And I think you know, your man Hask went down that route, tried to be a bit edgy in that regard. Yeah, but mate, I wasn't trying to be cool. I just like. No. But we also know from previous Hask's dress sense is um, he loves wearing like shoes and jeans. You know what I mean, like. Wasn't there one time he was wearing... Yeah, those black suit shoes with jeans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. For such a big name in the sport, and he's got a... Are they married? He's got a wife, Chloe, who's, you know, 
meant to be edgy on the ground and know her fashion and shit. And for someone who's been on telly so much and all that shit, he dresses like a fucking yeah. idiot. And he's got a great rig as well. It's I mean, like each he's got to their to own, but Jesus Christ. Coley, you've got better dress sense than him. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, back to the game, please. <laughs> yes. Um, what, what would you like to know, Joe? Did you watch the game? What were your thoughts? Do you watch the game or were you appearing on the wheel at the same time? Yeah, that could, I was finding that confusing. That's what I couldn't work. I thought you were in COVID isolation instead. Well, I suppose you were sat two metres away from everyone, weren't you? So that was all right. And also, while we're on the subject, how were you? Oh, here we go. How were you, top performer? Right. How was I? To- Sorry. Sorry. How was I top performer? Yeah. Well, obviously you got the most right because I knew that uh, Andrea Bocelli's Birth of Venus was a much bigger picture than Van Gogh's Starry Night. That's the greatest single sentence I've ever heard you say. And uh, you also knew that dry cleaning sign is a circle. Yes, I did. And I also knew that I dreamed a dream. I dreamed a dream and time gone by. Was the first song out of those four to appear in Les Miserables. Did you get fed any answers? Not a single one. Not a single one, Tom. Fucking, this is appalling. This character assassination (laughs) is disgusting. And yet I get to the final question that I should know. And uh, the poor fucker, we've only, I was under pressure. There's only like 20, 30 seconds to chat. And as if there's a character called Pedro Pony. Of course there is. In Peppa Pig. What do you mean, of course there is? Well, there's not Lucy the lion, is there? Like, she's going to eat everyone. Why not? She's going to eat everyone. Oh, right. Because that's the most ridiculous thing, is it? Not the fact that there's a the cartoon with talking pigs <laughs> and other animals. Daddy Pig. Hello. Hello, Daddy Pig. Ah. That's a very good Daddy Pig, actually. But yeah, I got that I got that question wrong. Luckily, the guy had no trust or faith in me and went with his own gut and won 20-odd grand. So fair play to him. Um, but I did not do that Saturday night, actually, Dan. That was pre-recorded, funnily enough. Okay. And I sat and watched the rugby, screaming at times at the screen. One of my biggest... Ah, one of my biggest screams was when Jamie George went over the line and Nick White knocked the ball out of his hand. (laughs) It was a scream of, no, but also his face. He's like, it's slow-mos and you just know, oh my God, what has just happened? How have I just not scored from six inches out? It was so good. And he got hurt as well. Oh, okay. I take that. I take that bit back. (laughs) Just like to add insult to injury, he gets hurt on the back of like, having the ball knocked out. Well, to give Jamie fair um, credit, he did also pull off a step worthy of JPR um, on his rampaging way close to the try line. And then got hit in the head. Impressed by that, Dan? Hang on. I was, yeah. In space, 40 metres of space or 50 metres of space. He was was going for it. And his ability to step and not fall over, I mean, for a front rower, I've (laughs) I've never been at full pace, but B, the ability to be at full pace and move incredible you used to score tries like that didn't you joe yes when i was about 30 kilos lighter dan and playing in national one but now that i play professional rugby and i've struggled to move for the last 10 years i don't score tries anymore and yes you have scored more tries than me for the country and fuck off i haven't played in years as well so you need to pull your finger out mate oh god oh fucking hell if one of you had to step the other one, who would have more success? I, I generally don't think either. I think we'd if we're going head on head down a five metre channel. I, you I just totally wouldn't step, would you? You just wouldn't ball. for the sole point of it. If we double bluff, running at me, yeah. and I'm picturing him thinking, right? How am I going to step Joe? And just the thought, I'd just be crying. I'd we'd just end up just luck giggling at each other, I think. Yeah. It would be I that. Did, By the time know. I thought which way I'm going to go, oh. it would be like just running straight into each other. <laughs> or you trip over your own foot, or one of us trips over. <laughs> yeah. And just hits with the HIA. Um, no, the last time I saw you running in open space with the ball, Dan, was a couple of years ago at Leicester. I can't remember who it was against, but it was the end of the game. And instead of kicking it out, 
because you didn't trust the ability. It was the last it, player no, game. It was, it Time was, was up. It was Worcester. It was Worcester away. Worcester. Uh, we'd literally yeah. just scored last well, penultimate play of the game. I think we were like 14, 13 ahead. They kicked off and they obviously kicked it short to um, get it back. And I got it. It bobbled along the floor. I picked it up, looked, and the touchline was like 15 metres away. I thought about kicking it and I thought... <laughs> Oh God, I don't know if I can do it. So I, I literally just turned and ran into touch. And the winger was so, if the winger had ran hard, he'd have spoke me and kept me inbound. But because he, like, he was confused about what was going on, he's like, why is this bloke running towards the touchline? He didn't tackle me and the game ended. It was, it was probably the highlight of my career, it actually. It was so good. It was, you know, they talk about play. Ah, they talk about players, like the really best of players having so much time on the ball. <laughs> This time stopped. He had the ball and I saw him look at the touchline and then look down at his boot like, I'm not sure I can make 15 metre kick. All he's got to do is kick it as hard as he can and shout, have it. And the slow-mo of like, no. And so he just goes, da-da-da-da and runs directly into touch. I was like, oh, fucking one of my favourite things I've ever seen. Were you were you at full pace as you crossed the touchline or did you slow well, up? Well, it's, it's quite like, a short... the fear of yeah. being kept in I, play. I, sprinted hard for five metres and then sort of had to slow down because there's not a lot of sort of off the field touchline there. And I thought the worst, I could go really hard and go over the hoardings here. That would be stupid. So <laughs> yeah, no, I accelerated and slowed down. And didn't get tackled. The you. size of the smug smile on his face. I don't think I've seen you happier. Um, <laughs> it was really, really good. Anyway, back to the game. Uh, Jamie, George making that step. Uh, and then getting shouldered in. I think I think that was a fair call rather than a red card. I've seen people. I don't think there was there was any intent in hitting him in the head. Was there? It was kind no. of like he kind of. He was just a pulled, bit yeah half scared a little bit, wasn't he? he was like oh god, there's a giant fucking ogre running towards me, and I don't really know what to do. Um, in terms of the actual other parts of the game, what about slipper, mate? When when they announced slipper as going over to tight ed during the week. I went, oh my God, I text you, I think I text you, Dan, saying this could be another man shaming. Remember circa 2012 when Tom Court of Ireland had to go over to tight Ed and you, Dylan and Corbs just, just completely tore him to shreds. And I thought that that was going to happen again because slipper at tight Ed is just, slipper at loose head's bad enough. You know, greatest of respect, 100 plus caps, of course, you've got to respect that and admire that. But I still wouldn't put him up there in the top five scrummaging loose heads of his era. Um, so him then having to go over to tight head, I went, fucking hell, Genji's going to have an absolute field day. This is going to be like Sheridan 2007 all over again. And then poor old Genji went down with the vid. I was like, oh, okay. And then Bevan Rog gets called up and you think, well, this guy's absolutely loving life. Flown into the squad to sit on the bench and then promoted to start for his debut. And then I go, actually, that's a hell of a debut for him to have to deal with, isn't it? To yeah. go up against James Slipper at tight head. Yeah. Thoughts, Dan? No, I agree. I thought like, thing as well, like Slipper moving across the tight head, you then kind of weak and loose it as well because obviously Bell is second choice to Slipper. So you're kind of looking at that thinking, Ugh. but um, yeah, I thought, sort of losing Genji and yourself was big but Rod did um, Bevan did really well but again it's probably a good debut to go against you prefer to go against Slipper than you would say next weekend um, with South Africa but yeah the scrum again I think England the scrum gets hyped up as in England Australia a lot but there's only really like about six scrums in the game I think there's a couple of penalties either way but I've played games where it's like oh, I think Australia's going to be loads of scrums and you're like you get to 30 minutes in and you're like any chance lads um, but yeah I think the the overall game was um, the scrum didn't have much of a bearing on the outcome neither did the set piece really I think both teams sort of line outs were sloppy and or they won't be happy with both production of sort of the set pieces and all that kind of stuff do you remember in Australia 2016 when Bob Dwyer came out I, I'd retired again um but you were out there and Bob Dwyer tried getting into the press that you were a cheating scrummager and he did a massive... Hang on. Hey! 
Hvad sker der? Hvad When Bob Dwyer did a whole article and character assassination of how much of a cheating scrummager you were, and I'd read it, and I was like, like a fan from afar. Don't, no one attacks my Coley. No one attacks my Coley in the press. No. So I put a tweet out saying Bob Dwyer's a wanker. And uh, fucking hell, like within hours, the RFU jumped on it. They were like, uh, you need to remove this post. And I'm like, why? And they were like, because it's defamation of character. I went, what do you mean? They were like, you've put Bob Dwyer is a wanker. And I went, yeah, because that's what I think. They said, yeah, yeah, but you've said it as if it's a fact. And I went, right, okay, so what should I put? And they went, well, if you would put, I think Bob Dwyer's a wanker, you'd been all right, because then it's an opinion. And I was like, oh, okay. But we'd prefer it if you just took it down completely rather than creating more of a storm. And I was like, have you, you've got as much proof that he isn't one than I have that he is one. And they were like, what are you on about? And I went, you know what I'm on about. He's a 60 plus year old male. And you're telling me he hasn't masturbated once in his entire life. They're like, we're not, we're not going down this route, Joe. Can you just remove the tweet? And I went, yes, of course. But please know this. I am supporting my friend from afar. And just because I removed the tweet doesn't mean that I'm not supporting him anymore. They're like, okay, Joe. Yeah. Eddie loved that as well. I say he was, he, he was always <laughs> even though I'm pretty sure he's good mates with yeah. Bob Dwyer. <laughs> he predicted it. He's like, Bob Dwyer's going to come out and say this, 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 this. And like, you know, we'll manage it. And then you just jumped in there with the riposte. And uh, yeah, it was brilliant. Um, what else was going on? Tom, you've got some notes, haven't you, that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, my, <laughs> my notes start off with the headphones that Eddie Jones is wearing, <laughs> which made hell. him look like a Qantas pilot. <laughs> From the 60s. They are actually, <laughs> they are part of the new, I'll give you some inside, um, exclusive uh, on the England rugby headsets. They are, his headset is a new one, part of a new batch. Usually they have earpieces, like the whole management team, to which they're meant to communicate messages from the top to the bottom, just so everyone's on the same page. And it's usually communicated with, Fuck! (laughs) (laughs) My fuck! So you often see a lot of the staff, like you try to have a conversation with them down on the bench or something, and they'll flick their earpiece out like, oh my God, ah. Yeah. They don't <laughs> just actually need the earpiece, they the just hear him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you joke, Dan, during uh, the lockdown times or the times where we didn't have any crowds, he actually did do that. Oh my God. <laughs> he was just Sorry. shouting Hello? from there. And you could hear, Are you friendly Hello? or fair? <laughs> are you friend friendly or fair? <laughs> friendly, I think. I never heard of a fair. All right. <laughs> Hello. Hello. We're having a great time. We're having a great time, aren't we? Right. Good news. <laughs> yeah. Right. Can you um, yeah, go back oh, upstairs? Look at him panicking. <laughs> it's the panic. <laughs> It's like, oh God, it's like the bloke who walk, doing the news with his kid walking in. Dad doesn't know what to do. He's like, right, boys. So, <laughs> fancy going back upstairs? Or <laughs> seeing mummy? No, you just want to stay here. All right, right, you take a book. Get out! Right, boys, can you... Um... <laughs> Imagine he was your dad. And he just goes, even if he raises his voice slightly, you're like, fuck! Yeah. Tell me more about the headphones. Oh, yeah, during, that was it. during the lockdown, he actually did use his headphones. They didn't work, so he just decided to shout it and everyone could hear, so it was wonderful. Um, but Red Bull have come on as sponsors and they've done it, decided to do an upgrade. And this one, it's just one side as well, isn't it? Well, that's what confused me because he's got this one massive side and then a sort of a clip to hold the whole thing on. So I looked first of all at the massive side and thought, oh, maybe that the previous headphones um, allowed too much noise from the crowd in so that you want to have a bigger headphone. But then I realised that he's only got one ear. 
So it was sort of self-defeating because the other ear is only going to hear the crowd. Yeah, but you know he's deaf in the other ear. No, I didn't know that. Well, there you go then. He's like, he can't hear terrible. a thing. Can't hear an, an absolute... Yeah, you should feel terrible. Because it was when he actually made himself deaf by shouting, Fuck! Too loud in the other ear. <laughs> It was against a wall and it echoed back in his ear. And uh... <laughs> Just to clarify, uh, if he is listening, which I know for a fact he isn't, he's not deaf in that ear. It's just, I guess it's part of the whole NFL. You're an NFL lover, Dan, aren't you? All the head coaches and stuff have those big things yeah. to say all the play calls, don't they? Yeah, they do. Cool. Thanks for <laughs> elaborating yeah. on that one. Next next on the list, Tom. Okay, next thing on my list was going to be who actually was playing 10. Because, ah, yeah. Oh, Irano. Yes. Because obviously a lot of the time it was Owen Farrell playing 10, despite the fact that Marcus Smith was 10. And then the whole Manu on the wing thing didn't really seem to be Manu on the wing. You could sort of see this intricate pattern that was meant to happen and take place. And occasionally it did, but other times it didn't. Fantastic observation there, Tom. But I think that was um, Eddie's always sort of, or the little I know, is like he's trying to evolve the game and trying to do things in different ways. And I think, I mean, he spoke about having a fluid backline and stuff like that. And I thought before the game, everyone's knocking Manu or Manu's on the wing, you know, blah, blah, blah. But you kind of like, well, there's a reason Ed, Eddie's been in camp three weeks. He knows his players better than anyone. There's a reason he's done it. Probably Manu's not actually going to spend much time on the wing. And, you know, they might drop, let's say, defensively, they might drop Marcus into the backfield or someone else into the backfield. So he's going to avoid getting peppered. And he'll, you know, or first phase, second phase, whatever, they can bring him in. He'll carry anyway. So I think you look at the back line. I remember those couple of balls went up and I think Slade was in the backfield. And then I think Marcus was in the backfield for one. Then um, Quirk, when he came on, was in the backfield. So, like, the whole, you know, they're rotating the thing. And I think that's probably, it'd be one thing that you've already credit for is always sort of experimenting and pushing the boundaries now whether it works it they'll continue it forward but experiment with it try it and you know you learn more from it so do you think it worked then dan and don't say well obviously it works they won by 30 points i was gonna say they won the game um i think it did it didn't it wasn't seamless put it that way like it wasn't like this england back line obviously they you know running in tries fund all this kind of stuff but i think you saw the the shoots of something that could be an interesting way of taking the game. You think like moving forward, the fact that you're not just having wingers stay on the wing, you've got people rotating around, you've got a back line that moves. It could be an interesting thing. Not say, Eddie, I know you spoke about positionless players before, isn't he? Having positionless teams like in the back line, you can probably do that. Um, I think, yeah, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how they go against Africa, which is probably more, will be a more structured game than Australia. Is it the best way to get the best out of Marcus Smith? Joe, you know Marcus well. You've played with him. You understand what he likes. I'm still just flabbergasted by your use of, oh, there's definitely signs of shoots analogy. I really, really enjoyed that one. I'm going to nick that. Uh, <laughs> there's, definitely, <laughs> there's definitely signs of shoots. Uh, uh, Smithy, do you get the best out of him? What do you, I, I don't know, mate. I don't know anything about attack. All I know is that he is a wonderfully gifted attacking rugby player. Uh, in fact, a wonderfully gifted rugby player because he doesn't shy away from defence either. So I thought it was good, a good first hit out for him. Good to have Faz there to sort of share the workload, sh- relieve the pressure a little bit of the occasion that I don't think he would have been bothered about anyway, but just just that extra buffer for him. And as Dan has alluded to with his shoots analogy, it is a different way. We don't see many other, t- or we haven't seen any other teams try and play this sort of, right, 10, 12, 13, 14, fuck knows where the numbers are, way and see how it goes. Because Eddie has always been a big uh, believer in trying to be pioneers, you know, not standing still, always trying to reinvent the wheel. But then sometimes I'm like, hey, the wheel works just fine because it's round. And it just rolls. What else do you want the wheel to do? And you go, well, I actually want the wheel to be able to catch highballs. And you go, well, fucking <laughs> pick Freddie Stewart at fullback then, because that works. And then it's that's not about the wheel. That's about uh, uh, that's about a, pot- a potato growing uh, shoots. I thought Marcus had a, a great outing. 
at 10 in his first big game. And hopefully he can follow it up next week against the current world champions. I'm not sure how I feel about calling them the current world champions because, I mean, technically they are, but it was fucking two years ago. They actually played really well against Scotland. And if you saw it or watched the highlights, they were a bit less uh, negative Springboks and a bit more throw it around Springboks. Were they? Well, a little bit more. I mean, we're not <laughs> not talking the bar bars from the 1970s. Um, are you going to be back for that game, by the way, Joe? Dan, I, I'm assuming that question isn't going to be aimed at you, but if it is, reveal it here. No, I don't know if you know, last time I played, I uh, didn't get too well, so I haven't been invited back. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what a game to make your comeback. Not going to happen. Um <laughs> All jo- just all jokes aside, because I haven't done this um, yet, or I don't think I've done it a lot at all. Coley, all jokes aside, you're in the form of your fucking life. I haven't seen you play this well for a long time, and you're at the heartbeat of why fucking Leicester fucking Tigers are eight out of eight. Christ, it pains me. Um, and I know you feel really uncomfortable taking compliments and stuff like that, so you're probably going to get weird about this, but I think you're wonderful. I think you're playing incredibly well. And I just wanted to say that. Well done, mate. Thanks. I'm enjoying my rugby. I'll give you that. I say it's, it's good on Steve. So, um, uh, yeah, it's a good place to be. In. And winning games obviously helps. Like <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> you, luckily for you, the awkwardness yeah, has to it's stop been, uh, yeah, because it's been, your kids are in there. Yeah. Well, I'll say, yeah, it's, it, it, thank you, Joe. It's nice words, but as you know, I know these things are, things can change in a blink of an eye, can't they? But I'll take it while it lasts. Oh, fucking hell, Dad. Don't just accept it. I have, I have, I have. Thank you. Um, Joe, are you, are you going to be back for that game, Joe, next weekend? You want me to play, you want me to play against South Africa, having just served 10 days isolation of COVID um, against the current world champions, having not trained Okay, that what answers you think that the question. To that is Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Just be nice to see you playing in an English shirt again, Joe. Well, I fucking did ten minutes against Tonga. Isn't that enough? <laughs> Plus, are you on the wheel next week? There might be. Um, it's earlier kickoff in it, so you might you go straight from Twickenham to the wheel. By the way, that noise we can hear in the background, Dan, is is that still it's the, the penguins? Pen- yeah, the, uh, Philip well, Island penguin. Penguin spare. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Right. Uh, I'm going to stick this up here where they can't get it. Were you tempted? Because I'm assuming, Joe, that in our... We usually do the podcast, you're not wearing makeup. If you are, it'd be quite a bad job. When you had a good makeup job, did you you find yourself looking at yourself in the dressing room mirror and thinking, I quite like this new me? You want the uh, real answer, Tom? Yes. I I now have got my own little makeup box that I sometimes... uh, apply occasionally when I want a little pick-me-up and I understand now I understand the benefits of putting a little bit of blusher on and I've got no qualms in that just imagine how fantastic Dan would look with a facelift yeah I I once I like you know we do photo shoots you have to have like sometimes they apply makeup and like you don't know what they're doing afterwards like because my head's really shiny they put on like they're constantly just put on like this stuff to mat it all out and you're like yeah that actually makes <laughs> the matte that look a lot better with a non-shiny head whilst we're talking about makeup and plugging some stuff please any listeners get when you get a moment google or go on youtube and type in dan cole blood giving advert <laughs> Or I think it was for who was it? Yeah, it was for Bloodline advert for blood. Oh my it was, god! Yeah, it is. Blood. It is. I watched it again the other day, and it is some of the f- finest work I've ever seen. <laughs> you are phenomenal in it, Coley. He's absolutely brilliant. That's all I'm going to say, listeners. Go and Google Dan Cole Bloodline advert. What was it, Dan? It was for Give Blood. Blood giving. Yeah. Give blood advert. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Fucking insane. Don't watch it now, you two. Watch it. Thing, it's so good. It, we were, just so you know, we were watching that in camp around lunch table and we were absolutely crying. Who were your influences, Dan? Was it De Niro or yeah. Brando? Yeah, some of the big 
Clark, uh, what's his name, Clark Gable. Um, there's some big hitters there. No, I, I, I like the, um, my other work I've done online is not great, but this work for the Bloodline, it actually, I'm happy with it because it, it gets my, per- like, it's just quite plain and like, it's good. Joe, I was going to ask if you had any other nuggets from England camp, but why would you? Because you haven't been in it. Yeah, I haven't. Have you been removed from the WhatsApp groups? <gasps> yeah, straight away. Have you? Yeah. Well, I took it upon myself uh, to remove myself from all uh, 17 of them uh, because that's the thing with fucking rugby union teams and clubs these days. We tend to, we tend to set up a WhatsApp group for a WhatsApp group for a WhatsApp group for another meeting. For, and I go through all my WhatsApps and I'm like, fucking hell, why is there so many groups? Just put it on one group. Um, so no, I, I left before I was pushed because once you're out of it, mate, no one, no one talks to you. I text, I text the boys. Good luck, boys. I'm, you know, I can't wait to watch your thing. Nothing, nothing. Bev and Rod, good luck in your debut, mate. Um, I'll let you know my address to send through half the match fee. Um, <laughs> Nothing, nothing back. Just, just bad. You're, once you're out, you're out. In it, Dan. That's true. No one will ever talk to you again. Dan, it's been lovely chatting to you as always. Uh, we have a more normal episode of the Joe Marler Show out on Wednesday. Joe, all about farming with the charming Matt from Wales. We enjoyed that one very much, didn't we? We did. <laughs> Uh, Razzie Co will be back at the end of November to round up all the action and a lot of the stuff that wasn't to do with rugby from the Autumn Internationals. Um, so that'll be more than for everyone, which is only a good thing. Well, yeah, because it's absolutely... Well, it's not mind-boggling, because that's the thing, but your popularity on this show, Dan, is through the fucking roof. And I, when I got the opportunity to just get a little bonus episode in today I was like I can't wait I just love hearing from you both your rugby knowledge but also from your kids heckling you and (laughs) the way you you panic immediately when things don't really go to plan you're like oh fuck fuck what do I do and I love it I love it a lot so thank you very much for coming back on the Cola Bear thank you for having me on it's always a pleasure Uh, I really enjoy it and in the meantime, before we hear back from Dan, if you would like another podcast to listen to and you're into sport, why not try the Geraint Thomas Cycling Club? Geraint is trying to build the world's biggest cycling club from scratch. Along the way, he's chatting to people like Sir Chris Hoy, Sir Bradley Wiggins, Laura Kenny and more. And it's all back for a new season. You can learn all the secrets from the Pro Tour and be part of the world's biggest cycling club. Just search for Geraint Thomas Cycling Club in all the usual podcast places. Goodbye. Goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, my Dan. Thank you so much for coming. Um, on. Goodbye, my love. <laughs> Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.